morning, everyone. It's always a privilege to share the message with, with God's people. Welcome to all the visitors. Welcome to all the members. It's great to be here this morning, especially a good day because the Aussies did not win the World Cup. So um, good to be here. Let's just start off with prayer. Father God, we just say thank you that you are here this morning. We welcome your presence, Lord, and we say open our hearts and come and speak to us, Father, because without your presence, we'll be wasting our time here this morning. But we say thank you, Lord, you are here and you are ready to speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so this morning I'm going to speak about relationship, and what relationship pretty much means is a, a, a relationship, but it's real. It's not a Facebook relationship, it's actually a relationship. And I didn't prep anyone this morning, but I want to call up a married couple, Ellen and Rosie, you can come up please. There's no match fixing, there's no rig, rigging of anything. Rosie this side please, Ellen this side. You can take a pen and a card. Now, don't disappoint me, guys. Don't disappoint me. I'm going to ask them two questions, um, just to see if they actually know each other. So, guys, uh, I've got lots of faith in you. First question is an easy one. Where was Alan born? What town or city was he born? And don't tell me you don't know that, please. <laughs> you must also write on the card the answer, please, yeah? Second question, a, a more dangerous one, but also an easy one, I, I assume. What is your wedding anniversary date, the date of your wedding anniversary? Ellen? <laughs> Thanks, guys. You can have a seat. Let me just read, read the answers out quickly. Let me, there's no, I'm not going to call an audit up to do an audit. He was born in Fishhook. Both cards agree. And then the wedding anniversary is the 10th of December. Both agree. Well done, guys. You can give them a hand. Now, now that folk, that's a relationship. They know each other. They know more about each other than what we know about them. And that's a proper relationship. Now, on the other hand, we have other kind of relationships. Like, um, example, here's Lawrence. I know Lawrence. I've met him before. When I see him outside... I shake his hand, I said, Laka Rodens, how's it going, how's work? But that's all I know. To be honest, no offense, I don't even know if he has a second name, um, where he was born, when he was born, nothing more. But I know him. I'll say that I know Lawrence. Now you can see in this illustration that there's a difference between me knowing Lawrence, our relationship, and Rosie and Ellen's relationship. And this morning it's on my heart, I believe God's saying that he wants a relationship with each of us this morning in our lives. Because many people know of God. We know God, we've heard of Him, Sunday school, wherever, but we don't know Him. You see, I know Lawrence, but I don't actually know Him. And this morning I believe God wants to come and say, I want to know you intimately, deeply, like never before. But the definition of a relationship is actually, according to the... Um, the way in which two or more people or things are connected, the Oxford Dictionary. So two or more people or things are connected. There's a connection between two people. Rosie and Ellen, they're married. There's a connection. There's a relationship. They know each other. And I believe it's truly, it's truly God's heart. It's always been His heart to have a relationship with each of us. And, 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 I'll, and I'll take you through the message and you'll stay with me why I say that. Because in the beginning... 
when God created the earth and people and animals and everything. In Genesis 3, from verse 8, we read, Now this is after Adam and Eve made a bugger up, ate the fruit, were disobedient. Um, so I'm not, I'm not the pastor of this church, by the way, so don't um, <laughs> come back next week. Um, so let's read it together. So now this happened, they ate, ate the fruit, and now God... So then, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to them, called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. So this is in the beginning, in the garden of Eden, Adam and Eve. And what we read here in the scripture is that God himself was walking in the garden. They could hear him walking in the garden. He was right there with them. He spoke to the man. He says, where are you? And Adam replied to them. There was a conversation. There was a relationship. They didn't need Wi-Fi or an appointment or WhatsApp to speak to God. He was right there in their midst, in the garden. They could hear his footsteps. That's like as close as you can get to God. That's right from the beginning. That's his, that's his heart to, to be in a relationship with us. And, and I want to go, go as far as to say that. And I want to add to JP, who shared a few weeks ago. And I want to say to you that God doesn't need a relationship with you. But he wants a relationship with you. You see, God will always be God. He's sovereign. He's omnipotent. He's amazing. He's, he's awesome. He doesn't need a relationship with us to make him God, but he wants a relationship with us. That's his heart from the beginning. He was dwelling among his people, Adam and Eve, in a garden. They made a mistake. They were disobedient. They sinned, and we were separated from him. So, you know, what a privilege for us that God of the universe, the, the God who spoke everything into being, wants to be our friend, wants to be with us. You know, when you're on Facebook, you might get a friend request, and there's someone famous or someone, the girl, someone good-looking, you think, Yes! Gladly accept. Or on Twitter, you will tweet someone and you'll tag someone important and you'll hope with all your heart that they'll just retweet your tweet or, or they'll just follow you. All the folk, I apologize, Twitter and tweets, not something foreign, it's just a social media um, platform. Um, and that's how we are. Someone important speaks to us, you feel great, you feel your ego is boosted, you know, someone wants to be your friend. But in actual fact, the God of the universe, he wants to be your friend. He's been sending that friend request every single day since you were born, waiting for us to accept that and to come into a relationship with him. Always been his heart for us. You see, when Jesus was on earth, you can go read the Gospels. Jesus was always between people, in a crowd of people. He had his disciples sitting around, telling them parables, telling them stories, speaking to the sinners, having meals with the sinners. That's Jesus. You know, he, he came down to earth to save us. And his heart was also relationship. He wasn't somewhere high and mighty away from people on his own. He had to go up the mountain to go see him on his own, make an appointment. He was among the people like this morning. He would be in between all of us. He was eating with the sinners. He, was, he, was conver- he had a conversation with the, with the sick. He would walk past a blind man, go read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke. You see a blind man sitting there, and the guy will say, Lord, help me. And Jesus wouldn't just walk past and impersonally say to him, healed, healed. He'll say, what can I do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Do you believe I can save you? Do you believe I can heal you? And he, and, and he, con- he actually entered into conversation with the people 
Because that's his heart. He's a God for the people. He's a, he's a loving God who wants to be with us, wants to have a relationship with each one of us. We can see throughout the Bible, Jesus, when, when the adulterer was put before him, you know the story, he asked who, anyone without sin, throw the first stone, everyone left. But he still then spoke to the girl. He spoke to her, he said to her, you know, where are your people who want to punish you? There's a relationship. He's always been relational. And this morning he wants to be in a relationship with us. So it was God in the beginning, the fall of man, sin. Jesus came to earth and he wanted a relationship. So remember, it's God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we know now that God wants a relationship with us from the beginning when he was in the garden with Adam and Eve. Jesus himself on earth, relational, talking to people, spending time with people. And we'll get to the Holy Spirit just now to show you that he also is relational. So that makes all three, God three in one, all are relational, all, all want to be intimate with us. So, you know, I asked the question to myself, why do we need a relationship with God? Why a relationship? Now, first one is to get to know God and his, his father heart. Because you see people, you can take a child and you can show him a photo. Let's take a child who doesn't have a father. And you show, show him a photo and you say, this is your father. Okay? Look carefully. That's your dad. You can show him video clips of his father. You can tell him stories about his father. But if he never meets his father, if he never have a relationship with his father, he will never know his father and who he is and how much he loves him. And that's why it's important for us not to only know of God, but to get to know his heart and to know how he feels about you and me and there's people out there who don't believe in him and to know how much he loves the people. That's why we have to do a relationship with God, to get to know Him. You know, I know, I've got friends here. I know Dion, for instance, very well. He's also a keen golfer and a sportsman. So I know Him. People, people can come in and tell me stuff about Him, and I know Him, truly. Okay, and I'll get to that as well later on. Second point is to tell others about our Father. That's why we have a relationship with Him, to tell others. When, when someone's sick, you can tell them, you know what? My, my Father in Heaven, He wants to heal you. I know Him. He wants to heal you. He doesn't make... He doesn't want you to be sick. He wants to heal you. If someone's going through a bad time in their marriage or at school or at varsity, you can tell them, hang on, I know a good father. My father, God, is a good father. He wants to help you through this. He will guide you through this because he loves you. He is love, says the word of God. You know, we have to share that. We're so quickly to say to people, I know a good electrician. Here's his number. But what about God? If someone needs God, you can say, I know a, a father who loves you, man. I can give you his number. It's a free call. And then the next one would be, the reason why we have a relationship is not to fall for lies about God. Because many people, unfortunately, have got the wrong perception about God. You know, they've been hurt in a church perhaps, um, offended. So they've got a wrong perception or picture of God the Father. So when they speak to you, they will say to you, you know, God must have punished me for my sins. So he gave my mother cancer. No. Not my God, not my father. It doesn't make you sick. The Bible says that the enemy, the Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He, he's the one where sickness comes from. God doesn't punish you with sickness, man. And, but we have to know that without a doubt, because if we don't know that, we don't know God's heart, there's no relationship, that person's perception will actually influence your heart. And you will walk away, then you think, hmm, good point, you know. Maybe God punishing me as well this month of finances because I'm not doing well in my business because I've done things wrong. But that's not God the Father. 
I'm a father and I promise you, I do not want to make my boy sick. Obviously. That's a good father, father heart. But if you don't know that, it's dangerous. And, and I want to tell you a story that happened with me. Um, one of my good friends plays professional golf on the Sunshine Tour and the European Tour. And I grew up with the boy from young age. We were in primary school together. Know his family well, his background. So a couple of years back, I was caddying for him at the Africa Open here. And another guy from East London was caddying for another friend on tour, another guy on tour. So what happened was, after the Africa Open is now finished, we played a round of golf, and that other guy was caddying for another guy. Okay, just stay with me. I almost lost myself. Okay. So my friend and the other guy played together. They professional golfers. So they played in the tournament. I was getting for my friend, and the other East London local guy was getting for the other player. So after the four rounds together, or two rounds they played together, the Monday we played golf, and someone asked this other local guy who caddied for the friend, how, how is this guy? What's he like? And I could hear the conversation. I was close by. And the words he uttered was horrendous about my friend, stuff he said, making assumptions. And I was like shocked to the core. And like, he walked two rounds of golf with him. Didn't speak to him because you know, players don't really talk with the random caddies. They're focused and whatever else. So this guy thought he knew my friend. And he had disgusting things to say about my friend to other people who don't know him at all. But luckily for my friend, I was there. So I said to the guy, I said, Oh, where did you meet him? He said, no, well, I, I walked through around with him. I said, oh, and besides that, did you have supper together? Did you go out together? He says, no. I said, so how much did you speak to the guy? Not really much. I said, but <laughs> so you don't actually know him? He's like, no, I just two rounds of golf. I said, but how can you say this about him if you don't know him? And I said to the other people, I said, listen, I know him very well. I know him for 20 plus years. He's a lacquer oak. Might, um, he focused on the golf course. He might have made conversation with other people. But that alone doesn't make him arrogant and et cetera, et cetera. So I could correct this guy making stupid comments about my friend because I actually knew my friend and I know him. And that's the point this morning that sometimes people think they know God the Father, but they actually don't. And the things they say about our Father in heaven are sometimes so far from the truth that it's actually scary. And it's up to us, you and me, who have the relationship with God the Father, who knows Him intimately because we spend time with Him, to correct the people then and say, no, man, that is not the truth. Let me tell you about God the Father, who He actually is, and correct the people. That's very important to, to um, share God the Father with others and not to fall for lies about the Father. Um, and the same with our, my, uh, my, own earthly, my own earthly father. I can share with you this morning, um, I'm 32, and if someone comes to me and tells me that my earthly father doesn't love me unconditionally. I will blatantly laugh in your face and say to you, you don't know what you're talking about. Get away from me. Because I know my father. I've seen him. I've lived with him in the house for, for plenty of years. I, I got many hidings from him. I got many blessings from him. I'm thankful for every one of them. So I know my father. And if someone comes and tells me something that's not the truth about my father, I will just say to him, you know what? I don't receive that because I know my Father loves me. And if I make mistakes, He still loves me. And it's the same with God the Father. So it's another illustration of why we need the relationship with God to be steadfast in knowing who He is. And then the next one is to live better lives. You know, to live Christ-like lives. That's why we have a relationship with God. To, to be guided by the Holy Spirit. To be led by the Holy Spirit. To be convicted when we do wrong. 
and, and actually live the way Jesus wants us to live. And if you don't know what God expects from us and wants from us through a relationship, you'll not know how to honor Him in your lifestyle. If people look at our lives and they can, can people say that looking at my life, that that guy must be a Christian? Look, look at his lifestyle. Can people look at your life and say at work or wherever, this guy is a, he's a child of God. Look at the way he acts. Look at the way he treats people. Look at the way he does things. And that's, that's relationship. And it comes from a point of, I know God the Father. I know what he says in his words about, about our lifestyle, what is, what is sin, what is not sin. So I can live according to that. And it's a place of love. It's not a place of a checklist and a, a laws. And, you know, if you live with your married guys, you, you, your wife, you know your wife, you know your wife truly dislikes it if you come home from golf at 11 o'clock at night. She doesn't like that. That's against her, her being. She's cross with you when you get home. You sleep on the couch. And you know that through a relationship with her. Then, I hope and I trust through love, you will try not to do that week after week after week because you love your wife. So you don't want to be at home at 11 o'clock after golf because your wife's going to be disappointed and hurt and, and angry. And in the same way, from a loving relationship with God the Father, we don't get drunk. We don't look at pornography because it's not God's heart. It's not God's heart. I don't look at pornography because I know God doesn't want me to. He's my Father, man. I know Him. And when I do stuff like that, the Holy Spirit will tell me, Jimmy, hey, what are you doing, Boyki? That's not what your Father wants. So through that relationship, I can live a better life because I know my God, my Father's heart, and what He will expect from me and what He wants from me. Um, that's, that's, that's why it's important for us to have a relationship with God. Um, simple question is, how can we have a relationship with Him? How is it possible to actually get to know God like I'm talking about this morning? And it's very simple. Um, first of all, we start off by accepting Jesus, His Son, who He sent for us to, to die on a cross to become His children. Accepting Jesus into our lives as our Savior, and I'll get to that as well later on. Secondly, to read the Bible. Read God's Word, because that's the way we're going to get to know Him. When you read about Jesus in the Gospels, how He acted, what He said to people, how He loved people, how He treated people, and then we can see God's character in His Son, Jesus. But without reading the Bible, you're not going to have a cooking clue what's happening or what God's heart is, because we don't know that. If you're interested in, in something like bird life, you're going to get a book about birds, and you're going to study that, and you're going to read that, and you're going to go look at birds outside in the wild, um, in nature, to get to know birds, because it's your interest. But without the knowledge of what the book tells you, you're not going to have a clue what bird you're seeing out there. In the same way, we need to get to spend time in God's Word to get to know His heart, to get to know our Father in Heaven, the way He feels about us, and the way He wants us to live our lives. Talking to Him through prayer, and this is not a religious, highly qualified theological words of, oh, hallowed be your name, and you can talk to God like I talked to Sonica this morning or Dion or you guys. God's our Father, man. You don't talk to your earthly dad. This morning, sir. Can I do something for you, sir? You speak to your father. Like, hey, dad, how's it going? Played cricket yesterday. Oh, lucky. Cool. How did it go now? Not too bad. And that's God's heart, man. He was in the garden with Adam and Eve, talking to him like this. He wants us to talk to him continuously about your life. How's it going with your marriage? How's it going with your business? Tell me. Tell me, I want to know. But you know, sometimes we, we only speak to God when we need Him. I think all of us have friends or people we know. Your cell phone rings, you take it out and you see, what does he want this time? Like, yes, how can I help you today? 
F and B almost. How can we help? So, um, God's not like that, guys. He doesn't want an emergency call once in, a, once in a while. God, I really need you now. Please, at the end of the month, my, my bond payment must go through. I need money. Or God, now my child is sick. I please need you. He's not like that. He wants a daily conversation, a relationship. You know, Ellen and Rosie, they married. They talk to each other. It's normal. God wants that with us. A relationship. A relationship. A connection. Tell him how you feel. And then you listen to him. You know, God speaks to us through many ways. Holy Spirit can whisper something in your ear. It could be an SMS from a friend, a scripture in the Bible. So it's not always just talking, but also listening to God and hearing His voice, what He wants from you, and also receiving the Holy Spirit into your life. Like Julia just beautifully shared this morning, I could have almost not even shared the message after a testimony of, of, of God, how God is and how good He is and how much He loves His children. So that's how we can have a relationship. It's very simple. You don't have to apply, go through a process of application or selection. It's pretty simple. You accept Jesus. You're in a relationship with God. You spend time with Him to get to know Him, and you're a four away. See, one, one American pastor said, because we all know there's a, there's a battle going on in the darkness versus light, evil versus good. Um, the enemy, Satan, wants to pull us away from God and tell us lies about him. But this guy said that if we know who we are as children of God, and we know who God the Father is, there's no war. And it's so beautiful if we know who we are, and we know who our Father is in his heart, there's no battle. Like I said earlier, I know who I am in my, in my own father's eyes, my earthly father. I know who he is, that he'll work his, his, his hands to the bone to provide for his family, that he will always give us the best he can because that's his heart and his love for us. So I know that. So whatever people come and tell me, this, it's not even applicable because I know who I am. I know who my father is. And God the Father is the same, guys. If we know who we are as his precious children, who we love with all his heart unconditionally, and you know who He is, God the Father, a loving Father who wants a relationship with us. There's no time for battle with the enemy and, and getting distracted by Him. So when I read in John 14, so now we're getting to the Holy Spirit part here. John 14, verse 16 to 18. There's Jesus speaking here. He says, And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So Jesus speaking about the Holy Spirit that's going to be coming to earth. When he came to earth after he left, and he says that the world will not know him, or will not, the world cannot accept him because they can't see him and they don't know him. But we as Christians, as sons and daughters of God, will know Him because He will be with us and in us forever. So we've spoken, spoken about Jesus. We've spoken about God in the garden. Now it's the Holy Spirit here, and, he's, and the Word of God says, He'll be with us forever, with us, and in us. Relationship. Connected. Two-way communication. That's God's heart. That's the Holy Spirit. That's why He's here to lead us, to guide us. Come and live with, um, with us and in us. Because he wants a relationship with us. God, it's always been God's heart to have a relationship with us, to be intimate with his children. It's always been. And, and it, it speaks so, so beautifully about, I will not leave you as orphans. And it spoke to me this week. And I asked myself, but an orphan, let's look at an orphan. An orphan knows, obviously when they're a bit older, knows they have a mom and a dad. 
You with me? They know somehow they were created, things happened, and they were born. But they don't know their fam- they don't know their parents. Some people know there's a God. Other religions know there's a God, but they don't know him. There's no relationship. And that's a that's a that's a difference. God Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. So orphans, we're not orphans. We know we have a Father in heaven and we have a relationship with Him through the Holy Spirit, through spending time with Him. And that's beautiful for me to know that God says, even orphans know they have parents somewhere or they had parents. But I will not leave you as orphans because I want a relationship with you. You are not orphans. You see, relationships in general and our earthly relationships can also be a cause why we why people battle to actually grasp God the Father's heart for a relationship with us. Because we, we go through breakups, we go through difficult times, disappointments, um, affairs, you name it. And it breaks our hearts. And we get this wrong perception of relationship. And even as far as wedding vows, where you make promises in front of God and to each other, I'll never leave you till death do us part, and you still get divorced. It breaks your heart. But God says in Hebrews 13 verse 5, Keep your lives free from the love of money, and be content with what you have. Because God has said, God has said, not man, God has said, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Man, I want to say to you, people might have disappointed you, hurt you, broke your heart, breaking breaking promises. But our Father, our God in heaven is not a liar. And He promises, He says, He will never leave us. So this morning you can know without a doubt, God is in it for the long run. God seeks our heart for the long run. He will never leave us. If you feel far from God, sitting here this morning, you feel far from God. He promised that He'll never leave us. You've got to ask yourself, who left who? Because God said, I'll never leave you. I, was, I went through a time in my own life where I left God. It's just too convenient for me to know of God, but not to know Him. Put Him one-sided, go through parties, get drunk, mess around, have a lack of time at varsity. But I know God. Yes, I'm, I'm a Christian. I know God. But my lifestyle didn't reflect God. Till one moment I felt I knew I'm far from God. God is not here with me anymore. And I realized He didn't leave me. I was the one who chose to leave Him. And I had to turn back to him and say, Father, I'm sorry. Sorry for being arrogant, thinking I can live without you, messing up my own life, messing around. Enough. Please take me back. And he did, because his grace is sufficient for us. His love is, is unconditional. So it doesn't matter what our earthly relationships do or what happens in our earthly relationships. I want to assure you this morning that God the Father wants to be in a relationship with you forever and ever and ever. He will never leave us, nor forsake us. Because you see, our earthly relationship is also, it's also easy for us to write people off. Let's be honest. You know, that, that guy, I can't believe he said that behind my back. I'm done. I'm done. I'm cutting that friendship off. No more. I have enough other friends. Or family, even. You know, that I can't believe she said that to my cousin. Their family, I'm so upset. I'm done. I'll never speak to them again. I'm removing myself from this WhatsApp group. I'm done. You know, we do that. We do that. 
We write people off. Disappointed, we write people off. No relationship, we cut it off. We're not connected anymore. God's not like that, guys. I testified now about my own life story, how he took me back from a mess. And I'm standing here sharing the word of God this morning. It's a miracle. And in Luke 15, you can go read the prodigal son. We all know the story. He messed up badly. He told his father in his face, you're still alive, but I'm writing you off. You are as good as dead to me. Give me my money. Give me my inheritance. I'll go and do my own thing. And he left. I must have broke the father's heart so badly. I can't imagine. Left, messed up, crawled back to his father to be a worker on his farm. And the father was waiting for him. You see, Father God has always been into relationships for the long run. Welcome this son back. He said, let's have a party. My son was dead, but he's alive. So don't fall for the, the lies of the enemies to tell you this morning, you are not good enough for the kind of relationship that I'm talking about this morning. Do not fall for the lies to say that because you sinned yesterday or the day before, you were drunk last week or whatever the case may be, you are not good enough for that relationship because it's a lie, guys. It's a lie. Prodigal son shows us that God the Father will forgive us for whatever we do. You can't mess up too badly for God to forgive you. He's into relationship, man. He wants your heart. So I'm getting to the end. This scary scripture in Matthew 7, 20, verse 22, 24. This is now um, God speaking. Jesus speaking. He says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father, who is in heaven, will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name cast out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? And this is crucial. He says, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Scary scripture. Cuts to the bone. Lord, Lord, we've prophesied in your name. I've, I know there's a God. I can say in Jesus' name this and in Jesus' name that. I've driven out demons. But God is not into works. You can't prove yourself. You can't earn salvation, guys. He says, I'll tell you that I don't know you. I never knew you. And that's where it comes so in with the, this morning, the relationship. You can only know someone through that real relationship getting to know the heart of the other person and you sharing your heart with them. And then there's a relationship and then we can say, Lord, I know you. Maybe I never prophesied in your name. Maybe I never drove out demons. But I knew you, Father. And he'll say, yes, I know you, Jimmy. I know you, Dion. I know you guys. Come and be with me. That's my heart. Now, after, the man, after mankind messed up in the garden, God had to make a plan to reconcile us with him to enable us to have a relationship with him, so he had to send his only son, Jesus. So in John 3, 16, we read, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. It's not God's heart for us to perish and, 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 and go to hell. It's not his heart. He wants to be with us. He sent his son to reconcile us with him after we messed up. And that's why I said earlier, we have to accept Jesus into our hearts to be back in a relationship with God. Because he sent his son. That's how much he loves him. Oh, he loves us that he sent his only son. And I want to share with you guys, about two months ago, um, our boy got very sick all of a sudden. 
um, high temperatures, um, stomach virus. So much so that we had to rush him to um, hospital at one in the morning, break his fever. Uh, next morning we were back there, um, and they actually admitted him to hospital for three days. The worst three days of my life, without a doubt, um, leaving him behind in nighttime with his mom because I can't stay there. It's only one parent. But the first day was the toughest. Because you see, when they took him to the room to put the drip in his little arm, my boy's clever. When he saw that lady with the needle, he knew what was coming. And he was clinging to me like never before, crying and screaming, no, daddy, no, daddy. And I had to pin him down on that bed for that nurse to put the little, his, his, the needle in his arm for the drip. Seeing him crying like that, tears were running down my face, broke my heart. But I knew it was for his own good. I knew he had to go through this to get better. And it's my heart for him to get better because I love him unconditionally. And in that moment, God spoke to me and he's, he reminded me of, of Jesus in Matthew 26. Garden of Gethsemane, overwhelmed with sorrow because Jesus also knew what was coming on the cross, guys. He was overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death where he cried out, he prayed three times to his Father in heaven, Father, if it's possible, take away this cup from me, but not my will, your will be done. And in that moment, I realized that God knew it's for our good that Jesus must go through that beating, spat upon broken, crucified, for us to have a relationship with him. And with, I can imagine with tears in his eyes, he pinned Jesus down and said, you have to do this. It's for their good. It's for their good. It's for our good. And he went through with it for us to have a relationship with him. What do we do with that, guys? What do we do with that price that Jesus paid for us to have a relationship with him? I want you to think about that. I'm going to end off with a video clip, and then I'll, I'll end off after that. There was a boat coming in the harbor. Timing is very essential. I'll go ahead and give you the key. The key is this. There's always a light. Everybody say light. Say it again. One more time. There's a light that the train conductor needs to see. If that light is green, he can go. If it's red, he must stop. You see, God has given us road signs in our life that we must read. Lines that tell us to go and lines that tell us to stop. Whether we read those and believe them or not is up to us. That's why some of you have fallen and you cannot get up. But tonight, that's why I'm here. The boat needed to come through, so he called, and the man said, okay, i got time. It's a long time before the train should come. So he pulls the lever, as you just saw, and the big, big, huge stone steel bridge, the gears started turning. They started cranking the steam. All of a sudden, gears are moving, and that big, huge bridge is just starting to go up. As it rises higher and higher, he has to watch and make sure everything's set, everything's good, everything's fine. As he looks out the window, he can see everything, but the dad, being a good dad, 
dad keeps one eye on his work, but the other eye on his baby. One eye on the world, but the other eye on his children. You think God doesn't know where you are? He keeps one eye on his world and one eye on his child. No matter what you've done or where you've been, it's one eye on the world, but the other eye's on you. He's watched you and he's kept you. Even though your train is coming down the track, he understands that. And even though sometimes... See the red light? He didn't see it. So many times we don't see the red light. See, to just say, the train was early. The boy can hear and see the steam. And he looks and says, Daddy, the train. Daddy, Daddy, the train's early. Daddy, you've got a daddy. Hey, Daddy, 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 the train. Daddy, the train's coming. But the dad was looking at the gears, making sure he had enough oil, making sure there was enough steam to get the bridge back down for the train. And the boy, the boy knew one thing. Now listen, the boy knew that his dad one time showed him where the trigger was. It was a red lever. If he pulls it, train bridge would collapse down fast and the train would be able to come across all the boy knew was there were people on that train there were people that needed to be saved there were people that had some of them just with their friends having a good time like everything's fine they did not know that the bridge was up they did not know what was coming they're just living their life like you and me just going down the road just being our own thing doing our own thing and the dad all of a sudden hears the train coming he looks and then he says oh my son he looks out and his boy Boy's gone. He's like, oh my God, where's my son? Where's my son? He got up and he looks back just in time to see his son trying to save the day. All he had to do was pull that lever. He reaches in to pull it, and the boy pulls too far, and he falls in the hole. Now it's on the father, and God the father. Did you hear me? God the father has to make a choice. It's his now. Do I save my son, or do I save the world? But they don't even know. They don't even know. The greatest decision of his life. He can blame it on them not seeing the red light. He can blame it doesn't matter anymore. Pull the lever, save the world. Leave it up, save your son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whosoever. Leaves in him. the train goes by. It's fine. Everything's cool. The bridge is down. Just like always. It's always going to be down. Are you hearing me tonight? He gave his holy son. For God so loved the world that he gave. And you know what's amazing? I wonder what God did right when his son died on that cross. When he breathed his last breath. When he took that first and he breathed and it was over. Here's what the father would have looked like. They didn't even know. Just trying to think of their life. Just trying to figure out what they're going to do next. Just thinking about the person they're going to see. The people they're going to hang out with. Just trying to be 
but it's just loving, caring. Doesn't matter if you're blind. Doesn't matter if you're putting on a little more makeup, trying to look pretty for somebody, or just wearing another mask. It doesn't matter. God gave His Son for you. What will I do? Where will I go when I grow up? What will I change? And there was a girl in the bathroom on the train, liquefying her heroin to shoot up one more time. He died for her. He died for her. But in one moment, are you listening? In one moment, as the Bible says, everybody gets a chance. In one moment, to see the look of the Father when He knows what He, when you realize what He did for you, when you realize the sacrifice, when you realize He let His Son die so that can live. When you realize what he did, no matter what you're doing, no matter where you're at in this life, no matter what you're a part of, you gotta stop. You gotta stop. Even if it's for one second and think, my God, he did it for me. He did it for me. I pray to God you drop what you're doing. you do it.